Hi folks, welcome back to the podcast. This is Heartbreak and Hot Pot, How I Lost 45 Pounds in Six Months. Um, You know, my tale, you know, things that happened in my life. In episode 11, we're going to jump back into the business, and I, I think you'll be kind of amazed by everything that happens there. It's a crazy story, um, you know, where things ended up evolving to. Uh, so, you know, jump right into it. You know, meanwhile, back in the business world, we were still working through COVID. I mean, it was just an amazing tightrope act every day, you know, the it was always on the edge financially. Uh, government money kept uh, kept showing up <laughs> and keeping small businesses alive. You know, I took advantage of every single one of those programs to keep our business going. You know, at one point mid COVID, I actually had to sell my vehicle to make payroll. I realized on you know uh, two days before payroll was was due. I just wasn't going to make it. I didn't have the the money. I called the bank and I said, "Hey, can you float me for a day?" Because a, another day of of, you know, operation and we would have we would have cleared the payroll. And the bank said, "No." You know, they knew <laughs> I mean, they knew how close I was to the edge all the time and they kept wondering how long the business was going to last. I was going to make it work. But so they said no. And so I I had a 2015 black ford explorer sport yeah twin turbo i think it was fast decent vehicle and uh i had to get rid of it um (laughs) it was just it, it was insane you know so i panicked when the bank said no i looked at everything i could and you know i i bought that vehicle for about 26 grand just about four months before i drove up to brooklyn park in Minnesota to CarMax you know I've always I had bought there and I've always had a good experience with how they operate you know and so I've sold several vehicles there back when I was in California you know and always always got great value back you know so they're fast efficient fair um, they gave me fifteen thousand five hundred dollars for my Explorer you know so obviously I, I took a big hit on that but I had no options and I I, I was running out of time as soon as they gave me the check I got an uber and ran over to the closest bank and deposited the check I made it uh, just by a matter of hours then I got a an, an uber ride to a car rental agency where I rented a small SUV because I, I needed a vehicle like that to to move things around you know and and I had to rent. I had no credit, no income to speak of, and I I needed to be able to, you know, do my job. Uh, needed needed the vehicle, so I just had my company debit card to pay for the ride. Uh, and rental cars really get expensive, you know, especially in that that period. My life was just running to shit. I mean, but it was also somehow invigorating. I was just on the edge every day, and I was gonna make it. I somehow felt, you know, that that I would always end up on the right side of that edge. Bullshit. <laughs> I failed. I, I fell off the edge. It takes a while to get to the failure, so stay with me. Um, it's It still is an interesting ride, and I don't think it's boring at all. So as a result of COVID, um, 
and all the disruption to business, the U.S. government introduced a few programs to assist us. Uh, the first one, probably the biggest, was called the Paycheck Protection Program. It was designed to, to help us small businesses affected by COVID stay afloat while continuing to employ all our people. Um, from Wikipedia, the definition is, uh, the Paycheck Protection Program, or PPP, is a $953 billion business loan program established by the U.S. federal government during the Trump administration in 2020 through the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, or CARES. It was to help small, certain businesses, self-employed workers, sole proprietors, certain nonprofit organizations, and tribal businesses continue to pay their workers. This was a godsend to us. After COVID forced business closure in March of 2020, we'd been hemorrhaging money. Suddenly, we were getting checks for our down quarters. We submitted all our numbers. We received a check. The first check I got was for $129,000. The next was for $119,000. There was no stipulation on how the money was used. Necessarily. I bought another vehicle immediately to get out of my rental now that we had some cash. I bought a used 2008 Nissan Armada with 180,000 miles on it for eight grand. You know. But with PVP, if you can show the proper usage of, of a percentage of the funds, uh, meaning you keep a certain threshold of workers employed, the loan would be forgiven. It's your money to use as you fit, see fit otherwise. So each of our PPP loans was forgiven. But that wasn't enough, believe it or not. You know, cause I, I mean, I was still paying for a closed salon. You know, I was, I was losing tons of money every month. Um, it was harsh. You know, and then we had empty closed salons in Egan and in Northfield. So three now closed salons. And no one could hire, much less a fantastic Sam. So, I mean, we just couldn't hire. You know, there, there was no way to predict demand anymore. Many people took to home hair care. You know, there, there were surges and then quiet days. It was, it was completely different from the past. Very difficult for business. The government made another loan available called the Economic Impact Disaster Loan. I got one for half a million dollars. I secured the loan and into the bank account it went. Where was it all going? Like I said, we were hemorrhaging money. We had three closed salons and one more that was barely limping by. The other three salons carried the weight of all our financial burden. There was just no roadmap for this. I mean, when was the last pandemic in the history of business as we know it today? I mean, it was terrifying. I, I didn't have any, any, anything to guide me, you know, make decisions. And I didn't know how to get out of those leases. You know, but we kept moving forward. I may not be the smartest business person, but I know I'm competitive. And I always thought that the strong would come out of this situation stronger. I knew I was smart and could make it work. And I was strong. And we were going to survive and grow. I was positive. I was going to make this part of my life work. But to that point, my personal life wasn't improving. You know, I call this next part toxicity. Um, it's about me. I dated a few times on the dating apps. I'm kind of convinced that I have a level of emotional toxicity that becomes apparent early on in the potential connection. You know, my dates rarely went past two. 
I think something sensed by the female part of the equation, and I don't know what. I am brutally honest about my life. You know, I talk about Dan. It's a big part of my life. I don't bring up the struggling business that much. You know, I'm not dating anymore due to the business, by the way, <laughs> or lack of business, but that's still coming up. I think I'm toxic to a relationship. I may never have another love. I know many experiences feeling, and I'm not alone, but does make me feel sad. Yeah, I do feel sad. I wake up knowing that I'm still alone every day, but I guess that's important to me. You know, I've asked myself that if Lori ever came back around to remembering what our love was like and how I tried to make her life as special as I could, would I, would I go back? Part of me says yes. Isn't that crazy? But I'd laid such a foundation for the future. I really thought I had. You know, maybe it's more about that than about the relationship. I mean, like I said, we, you know, I was celibate. You know, we weren't interacting as a couple, but it a foundation for the future, I thought, you know. So I, I know it'll never happen. You know, too much has occurred, and there's still been zero communication from her or her family. Like I said, persona non grata. They, they don't like me. Like I said, what the hell did I do? So I'm going to revise my answer. No, I wouldn't go back. <laughs> so the next bit's called Chapter 7. You know, how do we get to Chapter 7? Or have we already passed it? Uh, no, Chapter 7 is personal bankruptcy. It's not another chapter in the story. Well, in a way it is. But as the business became smaller, you know, I also had these leases with the personal guarantees. That means I was personally on the hook despite having a corporation. We'd left Rosemount, we'd left Northfield, we left our South Egan location on Cliff Road. We condensed it down to four salons. We were able to retain and move some team members so it was possible to staff up a little bit more in those salons. Some chose to move along when we shut down. So with with dwindling resources and cash, I was stuck. I was still on the hook for all these leases. Three leases now that totaled over $9,500 a month. Wow. Then along came Tim. You know, out of nowhere. Uh, Tim's a wonderful person. He's a, an accomplished financial mind. He, he understands the nuances of money in a way that I don't. I really hated finance and accounting in college. I, I just didn't understand how something that should be so black and white, you know, mathematics could also have all these insidious rules imposed <laughs> on them. I still don't. I understand most of the major financial instruments like a P&L or a balance sheet with the taxes, you know, the deeper accounting, I, I don't get. It's a brain deficiency, I think. You know, I just, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe I should get finance for idiots or whatever it's called. Uh, Tim approached me as a new salon owner, Fantastic Sam's. He was reaching out to as many current owners as he could to learn. He's an insatiable learner. I was a regular contributor to an FS owners group on Facebook. That's Fantastic Sam's. But, you know, he ran into me there, and we, quick, we quickly developed a dialogue. Um, you know, he as he grasped my financial situation, he kind of started guiding me down a very exciting path that changed changed everything for me. He said, if I declared bankruptcy, I would walk away from the personal guarantees on the leases. There was no way in a million years that I could pay back those leases. One was a 10-year lease worth over $380,000. So I started the bankruptcy process. 
I just didn't care about my reputation anymore. I wanted the business and me to survive. So that took a turn, didn't it? Um, you know, where's the weight loss? You know, well, we covered that. It was brief, you know, because it was kind of easy. Shock the hell out of your entire system and then eat hot pot. That's the secret. But back to the timeline. My, my lawyer friend, Carol, found a reasonably priced bankruptcy lawyer named John. Uh, John required 15 grand up front as a retainer which I paid. It was far less expensive than a major firm, you know, with the big overheads. John's lean and mean. Uh, But did he know what he was getting into, though? Probably not. We went through the personal Chapter 7 process pretty quickly. My credit card debt that I carried for the company was forgiven quite a bit. I was also out of the leases. That was huge. I mean, just very quickly. Then we went into Chapter 11, um, you know, with personal bankruptcy out of the way, it was time for uh, a business reorganization. Chapter 11 is a vehicle for a business entity to restructure its debt. It's kind of a bit famous as a method used by former President Donald Trump, who's led his organization through six high-profile bankruptcies. There was the Trump Taj Mahal in 91, then the Trump Castle and Casino and Trump Plaza Casino in 1992. This was followed by the Trump Plaza Hotel in 1992. Then you leave ahead a decade for the filing from Trump Hotels and Casino Resorts in 2004. And finally, Trump Entertainment Resorts in 2090. (laughs) Chapter 11 is essentially a vehicle designed to restructure debt. So a business can survive to service part of that debt, at least, while remaining solvent. I had a half a million dollar loan from the government. I still owed the SBA, the Small Business Administration, for my initial purchase loan. I owed them over $350,000 still. Chapter 11 seemed kind of perfect for us. You know, I I hadn't thought of doing it, never would have thought of doing it, but Tim took me down that path. You know, Chapter 11 seemed like a perfect fit for us, but can you imagine going through six of these things? I can't. You know, my life has been upended and changed irrevocably. So we started down the Chapter 11 path. We We sought the usual relief from the creditors that you'd expect. We were hoping to restructure the debt to a level that the company could reasonably pay off over a five year period. This essentially meant that we'd be working to restructure the Small Business Administration loan terms as they were the only secured creditor. But we also asked for something more. We asked to be excused or released from our contractual obligations to the franchisor, to Fantastic Sam's. You know, every year we sent a quarter of a million dollars to this franchisor. Over 110000 of that amount was for closed salons. I had to pay for the locations that I could not staff. This is why you don't go into a franchise, at least one of the reasons. <laughs> I spent a great deal of time working with senior management at Fantastic Sam's, and I served on the Fantastic Sam's National Advertising Fund Board. I knew just how bad things really were, and I wanted out. I wasn't the only one. <laughs> I mean, it was a, a it was across the board. People wanted out, and this was a potential way to achieve that end if the courts would allow it. But, and this is a big but, 
that's an old Monty Python joke. Uh, the contracts also had a rock-solid non-compete clause in them. I couldn't compete with Fantastic Sam's for a period of two years. And after that, I could not be within five miles of a Fantastic Sam's and operate a business in the hair care industry. But non-compete clauses were being challenged all over the country in every industry, and franchises have been coming under the microscope lately, with the Federal Trade Commission looking at their onerous one-way contracts. As I said in my, you know, earlier, my next book is going to be called Zero Accountability, My Experience Within the Franchise World. It will not be kind to Fantastic Sam's. I have hundreds of pages of emails and my own observations detailing the complete and utter lack of accountability on the part of that entity. I cannot believe I lost everything due to these people, and they blame me. They said that I didn't use the system correctly. Bullshit. You know, I've heard the phrase, give of yourself, expect nothing, and success will be yours. I heard that quote, and I loved it. I'm definitive proof that it doesn't always work. I wasn't expecting anything. I, I just wanted the organization to work, and I worked my butt off for it. Everyone, and I mean everyone, told me all the time that we were running our hair salon business correctly. I was altruistic in my objectives. I was not there to get rich on the efforts of our stylist team. I was there to build a community. Yeah, I wanted to own a house with a yard for the dogs again someday. But I didn't need a new Audi. I didn't. I don't need Flash. I tried my best. I put 100% of everything I ever owned into the effort to succeed. My 401k, my house in San Diego, everything. I had industry experts looking at our operation and praising it. Our stylist's first message rang loud and clear. We were going to win somehow. The gentleman who started Supercuts and Sports Clips you know, both franchises. You know, I met with him. Great guy. He looked at us and how we operated. He had nothing but praise. I also just knew we were going to be successful. I felt it. Somewhere along this timeline, I ran into dog parks. Um, I'd always been a leash guy. My dogs did not walk off the leash. I was too nervous. But I'd never had dogs like Harbor and Jack's. Um, we explored several dog parks in the area. Uh, Minnesota has amazing ones. There was our favorite Dakota woods in Rosemount. It was acres and acres of tree covered paths. The paths were covered in wood chips. It was amazing. I, I called it the happiest place on earth. If you ever want to see a hundred percent of the people around you smiling and being pleasant, go to a dog park. It's hard to be in a bad mood at these places. Our next favorite was called Thresher Park in Egan. It was on a steep hill that emptied onto a long lake. It was a great exercise, you know, area going up and down that hill. Park also had tree cover for the dogs to sprint through looking for their rabbits and squirrels. There weren't too many of either since it's a dog park. You know, only crazy rabbits and squirrels would hang out in these locales. Why did I bring up the dog parks? It became a big part of my life and my dog's lives for quite a while. It meant a lot. I mean, I'll bring them up again later, you know, but it's, it's a very, very cool experience for me. We, we had so much fun going to the parks. I'm going to wrap up this episode here. In our next episode, we're going to jump into some more Lori stuff that's a little 
little disturbing. I think you'll be amazed by it, you know, and I think you'll be a little disturbed yourself. It's it's kind of odd. Um, so that'll be episode 12. So once again, I really want to thank you for listening. I, I'm always grateful for that. Um, hopefully you'll tell a friend about, about this if you're enjoying it. And uh, so until next time, I, I hope you have a, a great day, great evening, and uh, thank you. Heartbreak. Heartbreak.